danger here. Save! The goalkeeper's luck was in. Got to that well. Keeping hold of the ball here. Still got the ball. Walked well to win it back there. If he can control midfield, he can control the game. All right, all right. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Cannon Column Podcast. This is uh, your host, Artie Gassemi. I'm joined uh, with fellow Gooner, Kyle Jenkins. What's going on, man? Not much, man. It's a beautiful Sunday. Top of the league. Three of three. Vibes are high. Can't complain. How about you? Same thing. Yeah, it's uh, feels surreal uh, a little bit, but at the same time, it just seems very fitting. Um, it just doesn't seem like it's been an accident, and I think that's been my theme these last three games it's uh, I went to go watch the game at the uh, local pub over here and I watched our first two wins at home so I was a little bit superstitious that I don't want to break that streak and um, I was thinking to myself I was like you know what there's my superstitions are irrelevant in this case because it's just it's not that we're being hopeful as fans like we always are hoping they fulfill their potential and being biased thinking they're better than other players and teams it's just regardless of what we think they are a quality side um and we've had the luxury i mean not the luxury we've had the fortune of seeing that seeing that develop and kind of staying in those moments that have been really really hard last three four years way longer than that but especially the last three years going through the rebuild and it's just a quality side there's that doubt in the back of my mind that was always there where hey we might be on good form and we have players with potential and we can, you know, do really well. Instead, now it's like, it's just quality at every single position, depth at almost every single position. Um, and with one person or two players are playing bad, we have the quality to make up for it. And if more than those, you know, two or three players are out of form, then we have the depth to be able to exchange them. And yeah, I think that's, I feel amazing in that sense where how I think about it. And my superstitions and stuff like that are just completely irrelevant. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I wake up and watch every game now, and it's just a matter of, all right, well, you know, we're dominating and we're creating chances, and, you know, when are we going to score? Okay, all right, it's 1-0. Okay, when are we going to score again? All right, are we going to score 3, 5, 7? Like, it's just supreme confidence. Like, this is a very, very good side. Um, every position has just been, um, you know, uh, plucked out, and, and and all the transfers have been very, very meticulous. So, um, just so glad that it's all working, and um, yeah, I'm just really, really confident right now. Really loving what I'm seeing. Yeah, and that that's a perfect pivot to the Bournemouth game. Um, it obviously it's Bournemouth. They're probably going to be. Uh, relegated, but nonetheless, as we know now, especially after this weekend, uh, away PL games are anything but easy. That's why I didn't take it light. That's why I was still nervous. Like I'm not listening to people that are saying our schedule is easier and uh, you know must be nice situations, which is is true. But as you can see around the league, the top six have dropped points already to the very very small teams away. So it's this is why it's the best league in the world. So I don't want to hear it, and I'm 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 stoked that the team is with us in terms of the mentality of hey this is going to be tough we need to stay laser sharp like not gonna can't drop our focus now and I loved how Arteta after the game and I was hoping he would mention this because you know when things are going too well last thing you want to do is start cruise going cruise control 
and thinking you've kind of made those improvements. The first thing he said out of his statement after being like happy with the win, just said like a lot of areas we have to improve on. So I hope that mentality is kept. I think Arteta is making, he's obviously, he, he knows better. And I think the rest of the players do too, that this is a very, very long season. It's a stretch of easy winnable games. So it's like, you know, stay grounded. And it seems like they have, you know, the old Arsenal would have, if we were on a quote unquote hot streak, which that was at best we were at, they would fall because they would just get comfortable a little bit and they really didn't have the quality and they would come back to earth. So um, I think we had, to, we had to do what we had to do, but great result. We could have scored five or six goals easily. Um, I don't think that uh, offsides call with Jesus was, was right. I think it was onside. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about one game and I'll send it to you about one player. I, I think, again, Jesus is, is the one that stands out. And um, I just... I'm in absolute awe of what he's able to do in terms of creating something from absolutely nothing. When I think it's fair to say all of us thought we were just getting primarily and solely a poacher, which he is. But I just I did I did not know he had this in his game like this, and it's just making a massive difference. You look at that first goal; it was a clearance technically, you know, it was just all the way downfield, but. When teams are pressing, you need outlets like that to be able to get them to drop off. And God, the way he brought that down, turned, beat three players, that's what we were missing, like, extremely. Because you need those moments because defenses are so tight in the PL. If you want to just move the ball side to side, as both you and I know very well we like to do, you can't break a defense. And you have to have moments like exactly that to be able to break down a Premier League defense that's sitting back. And, and sturdy so I think again he impressed me the, the, his contributions his energy his, his commitment on the uh, press I think he's a winner we needed that mentality you could tell he's obsessed with it and it's just contagious and others are just feeding off of it uh, but th that's what stood out to me again I know it's an easy one to call out but I, I think we were just missing this times like a hundred last season and even years past yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, somebody, I can't remember where I heard this, but, um, you know, somebody basically said, like, he creates chaos. And we didn't we didn't have somebody that created chaos last year, somebody that could take on a player one-to-one. -one. I mean, I know, you know, that was mostly Bakayo's role last year, but it's very isolated on the wing. Um, it's just a, a different... He, he, more of a 1v1 not a not a dribbler um and, and i mean he he shouldn't be at his age right like gabby jesus is 25 but kyle's 21 so you know that will come but we you're right we were missing that last year and and i mean that's the second time he's he's done that like if you look back to the leicester game the the ramsdale you know ball where gabby takes it off his head muscles evans and and creates a chance out of nothing like those are those are he's gonna come good on those um so yeah i completely agree i was so impressed by him he deserved that goal that goal that goal that was disallowed was um incredible um and he's just he's just up the level of of focus commitment um you know from the first minute to the 90th minute and i think that's something that we were that we were just lacking last year and um you know one player that stood out to me um in, in the game and we'll we'll get to another I'm, I'm sure we'll touch on the other player here in a second but um 
want to talk about Zinchenko a little bit. I mean, some of the positions that he was taking in the game were absolutely ridiculous. Like, he's a left back, and I, I see him popping up, you know, in the midfield on the right. Like, who else has that freedom, that trust, uh, that ability to be able to do that um, in a game? And, you know, maybe it'll come back to bite us a little bit. I, I was watching the City game, and... and they play the same style, so it might come back to bite us. But um, I just think in games where we're going to have 60 70% of the ball, you're going to see that a lot more. And it opens up so much in our attack. It opens up just different positions, different combinations. And it was just really, really awesome to see. What were your thoughts on Zinchenko yeah. um, in this game specifically? I think right on point where you said his, his flexibility and being able to play multiple positions allows Arteta to really express... Uh, I think a lot of his tactical genius is the genius that he has. Um, I think Arteta reminds me a little bit in terms of like a American football comparison, kind of like a Sean McVay in types of, he's very, very creative. And you can mm-hmm. tell with these games that they sit back, he's trying to change up the look so much so it throws him off and it does exactly that. I mean, I think it was not an accident Zinchenko was playing uh, right midfielder. Um, but... Um, yeah, his poise, him being so comfortable midfield, you know he's like he can play the midfield with because he plays it for Ukraine as well. Um, being able to move him around, Shaka doing runs, like there's so much movement happening, and I think this is all planned. I think the only difference is Arteta finally has the players to be able to do this. And one of the guys that I was watching the game with made a good point saying, you know. This team, everyone has like one very common quality, which is being able to be really, really good on the ball, um, and being having that poise. And I think that's what Arteta requires a lot um, to have. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's the right thing about him. I agree. Yeah, the technical level has just been raised all over the park, and, and um, it's just really, really awesome to see. It's it's we've gone back to you know the sides that had Santee and, and Ramsey and just incredible midfields and I'm just loving it yeah no definitely um I think it's just a matter of now I'm trying to stay humble with it this is so such early parts of the season and you know I've been thinking about there's going to be a a time that we're we're not going to be in form and things are not going to go well it's a matter of when not if and it's this is that's going to be the ultimate test so I'm I guess in a way, I see the storm coming because our October is nightmare, and we're very, very young team. So I think, like, we should just be wary that and, and be acceptable and be behind the team if they have a game that they're just like not there for it. Um, maybe not energy-wise, maybe the passes are sloppy or whatnot, but they're still very, very young. It's gonna happen. But I think what I'm gonna be looking for when that happens is how will we react. You know, how can we muster out games that we're not looking good? You know, can we win those? Can we get a tie out of those? City, perfect example today, right? This is their worst, probably the really, really bad game they had, right? And they still managed to draw from it. So, um, yeah, what do, you, what do you think overall in terms of where we are? And are you, try, are you looking, you know, far into the season already and, and what our outlook is? Or are you trying to keep yourself pretty grounded? No, grounded. I mean... I'm not going to say we got humbled last year, but um, last year was just, um, you know, it was, it, was, it was a Premier League season. Uh, highs, lows, 
mids, so on and so forth. So very much taking it one game at a time. I mean, the contrast between this year and last year is nine points, nine goals, um, 20th versus first. So you can snap your fingers and in an instant it can all change. So um, very much just staying, staying level-headed. Um, obviously loving what I'm seeing on, on the field and in, and in the stands. Um, I thought the fans were incredible um, yesterday. I've, I've never, I don't think I've ever heard a ground that silent. And then only hearing the away fans for 55 minutes straight, um, which was just incredible. Um, and then, you know, obviously uh, the chant heard round arsenal social media comes out yesterday and i was just loving it. it's been stuck in my head um all day um so i think it's a good segue into you know who that who that chant was about um obviously we're talking about william saliba um just another incredible game like this kid's 21 um hasn't put a foot wrong uh, some of the stats yesterday were absurd 75 out of 75 passes completed um didn't lose a duel, obviously had a worldy of a goal. Um, what are your thoughts on Saliba? Um, I know you love him just like I do, but um, you know, what are your thoughts on him? Where do you see him going? Um, what do you think his position um, in the team is actually? Yeah, man, I think Saliba is someone that I'm just in complete, like just in awe uh, with him. It's someone that I think has the tools to be an absolute superstar. But what really is different for me saying that in comparison to the past is it's not just me being an Arsenal fan, being hopeful about a really potentially talented player. It's not me talking about Theo Walcott or Aaron Ramsey saying they're going to be amazing and they're going to be a superstar or Chamberlain and stuff like that. This is just my opinion is does not make a difference. The fact of the matter is he is a Rolls Royce defender with his age his quality and when he starts for France at the World Cup the whole world's going to see him um, and he's the type of player that his game it's not something where you have to sit there and be like oh like I you know I hope it develops into this and I hope it's going to be solid does he have to make improvements of course but it's just he just has a toolkit that when I look at him I'm saying man he's going to have mess ups like own goals and he's going to you know maybe have a bad yellow here and there and a and, and give away some uh, some easy goals here and there. But that'll be only because of his age, not because it's it's like potential and it hasn't developed into talent. He has the tools. And I think the best is yet to come with him. Uh, the thing I love the most is the fans understand that, which is really, really rare, really rare. But the fans understand that his age is going to create some inconsistencies, like the own goal, so keeping the support for him. And um, I think his performance yesterday was a prime example of what happens when someone has your back in a bad moment you know he repaid it you know he repaid the fans love there and and he kept his confidence here he wasn't scared he knew that even if you if you know that you can fail and you're comfortable with failing it'll just make you succeed a lot more if you if you don't have that fear of failure that the fans are going to get on you and i think from what we saw in the lesser game where the fans supported him he just yesterday was just he was playing with no fear and I think that's going to continue um, I cannot wait to just continue watching him develop like this and um, and continue to raise his confidence to a point where 
you know, if we get to those games with the top six, which are going to primarily happen in October, if he starts putting a string of good games against those elite clubs, I mean, his confidence might shoot through the roof. And, yeah, I'm just really, really looking forward to watching him literally every game. Yeah, I agree. I think... I think we'll get a. I think we'll get a, an actual test um, in the next game. Um, you know, there's been some question marks about um, you know heading and aerial duels, and he's going up against uh, Mitrovic next game. And I don't know if you saw the Fulham Brentford game, but I watched the I watched the full second half, and I mean Mitrovic is always on the back post, always looking to head. Um, he's a traditional powerful. Um, number nine and so this will be a really good test for Saliba and I think he'll pass it with flying colors um, but like you said there might be a mistake or two he might let in a goal so you know being a home game I think this will be great for the home fans to get behind him again lift him up and I loved what you said about like um, he'll be able to excel if he knows that the fans are behind them that is so so true and it's just been really really awesome to see his journey as an Arsenal player um, because we didn't even know if we would see him in our uniform just given kind of the, the, the saga and the journey and so uh, it's been really really rewarding this season to see that yeah no definitely it, like you said it was a matter of potentially not having him at all he was pretty content staying in Marseille and uh, seemed like he didn't see a pathway back but again that's another where we got to credit Arteta for being able to reel him back, sell him on the vision of it for him at least staying and signing a contract, but um, you know, really getting the best out of him at the same time. And yeah. I think the rest of the team sees it. They see the qualities we have now. You know, we talked about so far on this episode, Jesus, Zinchenko, Saliba, and and you just take those three right there. I think if you hear Shaka talking at interviews or even at um, you know with the signings that we got with Jesus, like they know what they've gotten with him with these guys and they know what Saliba is capable of and I think it's just raising their game to be a little bit more confident knowing that hey we actually have the quality here it's just a matter of us now working hard and doing what we need to do and doing our jobs uh, that Arteta demands but I think they all for the first time really have that sense of confidence that you know, we're actually legit it's not just like a random good form yeah one question I, I, I wanted to ask you and get your thoughts on and um, as far as, you know, Ben White and, and Tommy Asu, you know, Tommy's coming back from um, a muscle injury, so it takes a little while to, to get up to speed, and, um, you know, we've seen some repeat injuries, um, but as he starts to get more, you know, fully fit, do you think he walks back into this team? First question. Second question, if he does, what do you think happens with Ben White? Do you think Arteta would try Ben White and Saliba together? Do you think it would just be more of a rotation type deal? How do you think we deal with that? Not saying that it's a problem, it's actually a luxury. I just want to get your thoughts on that. In terms of the first question, I would say he wouldn't walk back. He has to sprint to it, if that makes sense. He's going to have to work for it back, and I think that's fair. I think... Ben White has done everything right so far. And if you're being a fair manager and, and, and you want to make sure you're rewarding people who are working hard, who are earning their place, I think White has earned it. It's not being nice or um, 
you know, being kind or favoritism by playing him, continuing to play him right back, and especially if Tommy Yasu comes back fully healthy. Um, ben White hasn't put a foot wrong. He really hasn't. Now, are there limitations into his game going forward and to a point where now there's a reason we're so focused on the left? Yes. But has Arteta adapted and actually using him for strengths? So he slots him in just like he does Zinchenko at times. And, you know, it's worked fairly well. He's really good on the ball. His crossing has been better than expected, but I would say it's still a weakness. He had, some, he had a couple of bad ones. Um, I, I think ultimately... If I if I see if I see Tom Yasu get a starting spot without Ben White putting a foot wrong, I can't blame Arteta because there's just certain things that come with traditional right backs, and Tom Yasu has a lot of the physicality of a center back that White provides as well. So he kind of brings just an extra, and it's not White's not doing anything wrong, but it's just uh, Tom Yasu can make those runs on the outside, which we haven't had a lot back, just not a lot faster, a little bit faster. He can whip in balls just like right backs are, are used to, which White can't do as of yet. Um, I think we just miss a little bit the natural abilities of a right back where White doesn't fit that mold, but the kid has not done a thing wrong. And he's been amazing. I think he's earned a spot. If I continue to see him at right back, I'll, I won't hesitate to be confident that we're going to be fine. He's great one-on-one -on -one defender as well. He's not really getting beat at all. Uh, but again, it's, I think it's just when you see our offense developing too, uh, it's the right side that just doesn't have that traditional cohesion um, that you kind of want in your right back. So it's, it's, a, it's a tough problem, but it's a good problem for Arteta to have. Now, to your second question, this is what's been interesting to me, and this has been hard to pick. But if I had to pick the worst out of our starting 11 right now based on just how they're playing... Gabriel's probably up there. You Agreed. Know, our, yeah, our bar's pretty up. Everyone's playing phenomenal. So to you know, to his defense, it's not like he's playing bad. But compared to everyone else's game, I think Gabriel right now is up there. In some moments, he looks rattled a little bit. His passing is not as crisp sometimes. So, you know, I I think he his spot could be in contention of of getting replaced, but. This is a great problem, man, because even if White gets benched, I mean, the way he's going to push these guys is phenomenal. And we're not recognizing right now how long of a season is going to be. We haven't had any injuries yet, which is unrealistic. So I think White is going to see plenty of game time from a combination of he'll slot back in a center back for the Europa games and cup games. So that's a 30% of the season, 40% of the season he'll be starting. And then if any of these guys go down, you know, if, if, if Gabriel goes down, or if Saliba misses some time, it's just gonna happen here and there. That's it's just amazing to have that. Um, and even now, like Tom Yasu comes back healthy, if he gets injured, and Gabriel gets injured, you're like, fuck, we're screwed. We're not. We're not. We have White and we have Cedric to cover. That's the depth that is built into top four teams and potentially championship teams. That kind of depth where two massive injuries to your backline could have major, major consequences. We are finally in a position where if that scenario happens, we are actually can be fine. Is it a downgrade, Cedric, from Tom Yasu? Of course. But the fact that we have a like-for-like -like position, which we haven't had consistently in the last decade, is, is amazing. You know, you think about the problems in our left-back side. Now we're set up on there, too. So, yeah, man, that, that's where I think with Tom Yasu and White. Um, what do you think overall about, like, 
just having that kind of depth now and seeing that storm in terms of what I first thing I mentioned on this episode was it's a matter of when, not if, in terms of shit hitting the fan and, and us not clicking. How do you feel about when, when we're going to encounter that storm? Do you see something being different this year than years past? So I think, um, I actually think this game against Fulham, we could really need our bench. I think this is going to be a much tougher game than a lot of the fan base is going to go into the game um, thinking about. Um, they are a newly promoted side. Um, you know, it is a home game, but um, they could cause us problems um, up front. So I think we need to be sharp. I think we need to be ready. Um, and I know we will be, just given, you know, Arteta's mindset. But I think it could start um, this weekend. If it doesn't start this weekend, then I could potentially see us um, having to conquer some demons at Old Trafford. Um, I mean, we know the position that Man United is in. You know, they are banter FC right now. Everything that they're doing um, is, is, you know, laugh-worthy. But they're about to bring in Casemiro. You know, that'll, that'll raise their level a little bit. Um, they might make another signing before the end of the window that could raise um, the level a little bit more. But it's not really about um, them. It's more about us when we go to Old Trafford. Like, we should have won that game last year. We should never have allowed Cristiano Ronaldo to single-handedly beat us. So um, that's where I think uh, the first test of the season will really, really come is, is in that Old Trafford game. Um, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I agree. My, I've been circling that in my calendar. I know even if we win these next two games, which I really, really hope we do, I think we kind of need to. I'm basically thinking of this beginning of season run that we're having so far as like, let's just try to build up as many points as possible so to provide that cushion in case you know we lose some of these games or, or we tie it so the team can stay strong mentally. I, I just think that game, if we win that game, and we basically continue a winning streak into that game and, and we win that game, I think from there it might be like off to the races. I, I, I think that's a big page turner, which is why at the same time I know it's going to be really, really tough. I can see a draw in that game easily. I can see a loss in that game, you know, because Man U is also a team that when the team gets embarrassed, they have kind of nothing else to lose. They're at rock bottom. So they actually end up playing better and they've been getting their ass kicked in training probably all week. Teams respond. Mm -hmm. especially of that magnitude you know the fan base and um new coach is going to be very very demanding they're going to respond i think liver it's the best week for them to play liverpool in my opinion like and liverpool probably knows that they're not only depleted but it, it you don't want to play a team that just got embarrassed yeah you just don't want to do that they're going to come out hot because they have nothing to lose they was they literally could not be in a you could not be in a worse position than losing to Brentford for nothing. You can't. So and they know Liverpool; they're already expected to lose. So like, expect Manu to come out tomorrow firing, and if they get a draw, or God forbid, a win, <laughs> uh, it's gonna get them that they're 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 looking to feed off confidence right now. They're looking for anything, and I think of course by the time we play them, I think you know more and more training sessions with Ten Hag more new players getting settled in they're figuring each other out and that was Manu's doing something that we had a problem with you know when Arteta first came on right signings at the last second so our beginning of our seasons were shit 
because the team's not molded. They didn't get to train together all of off season, so they start to get better during season. So I think Man U is going to be a case like that. You know, they they're banter FC right now. I guarantee they're going to be in the top tenfold within no time. Um, and and so I think during that time we're going to get a side that's going to be a different side than what we saw last week at Brentford. That that's for sure. So to your point, I think it's going to be a massive game and a, a very good good indicator of where we're headed. If we win that game and we have won the ones previous to that, that'll make it seven games unbeaten to start including now a team like Man United, away trips to um, Aston Villa. Uh, Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace and Bournemouth. And, and, a team, and a win against Man U. Like that is, that is a solid way to look into it, being like, huh, maybe we this can team's do something good. with this. Yeah, this team is good. <laughs> and we have a chance to, to maybe surprise a lot of people and continue it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm circling that game on my calendar just like you. Agreed, agreed. Um, you know, one last question before we wrap up. Um, obviously, we are headed towards the end of the transfer market, and there were a couple interesting bits um, this during this game match week. Um, Tillemans was on the bench um, for Leicester due to um, mindset, or maybe it was Fafana, but um, both of them were on the bench due to mindset. Um, do you think we go in for Tillemans? Um, do you think we've played Leicester kind of perfectly? Because they look like a relegation team to me. They need to sell to buy. I don't know. I've been thinking about that. I saw a tweet that got me to think about it, saying Tillemans, you know, won't make this squad, won't make this starting eleven right now, and and they're pretty spot on. You know, if, if Tillemans was on our bench for us today, you, would you start him next game? I don't know if I would. Right. I really don't know. I mean, this team is absolutely clicking right now on every front. And Shaka might historically have been our weakest link, and athletically and age-wise, he still might be our weakest link. But his form right now, he's not the worst uh, player we have out there, that's for sure. He's absolutely killing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's got me interested in going back to kind of the the standard talk track managers have during this time, which is, you know, if we find fine top quality, that's the only way we'll get it. I think that's that's where my head is at, well, genuinely. Like I, I think we have the depth we need. We need these young guys. If we're not loaning them out, we need to develop them. We've invested in them, so it, it's a, like they have to be ready when called upon. But as long as they're the second option, like, but you know they need to be ready for it. Now, that's for Tillman's side. So I, I don't think honestly, my gut's telling me we're not going to go for him. Sure. Because, with with Partey and um, Shaka, and then we have Vieira, and then we have um, Odegaard can play back there if need be, and Smith Rowe can slide in at the 10. Um, and then we have Lakonga, who we're trying to develop, who, who we invested in. Um, and we have Elneny still too, as a backup. So yeah. you think about it, and even if we get injuries, you know, we can fill it in. You know, if and now you might tell me, well, already what, what if we get a season-ending injury from Partey? Well, that's unlikely. That's bad luck. So we can't plan. We can't get Tillemans because we think someone's going to be out for the season. Yeah. So for saying, you know, should we have? Do we need Tillemans for a few weeks here and there? I would say probably not right now. I can't make a case. I can't make a case. Would I like him? Of course. <laughs> I would like it. Would it, you know for him to replace Lakonga in the in the lineup in the. Uh, depth chart you know, or El Nenny. Yeah, but it's just not realistic right now, you know. 
Uh, you don't want to mess a locker room like that. El Nene, a big character and presence there. Uh, and Sambi now. Their team is just gelling now. So I don't want to throw it off sync for no reason. But I think we're going to make a move for a winger. That's where I do think we're going to make a move. I think once Pepe is gone and AMN is gone, they're going to make a move for a winger. Um, and I think it's right, man. I think Saka is another player. Like He played well yesterday to his credit. He has those times where he's he's kind of not into it, um, and I just I just think he needs someone there and uh, looking over his shoulder like that someone's going to be there. I think that's all he needs, and he's going to be back at his best. But I want someone legit to back him up, and so we can give him the rest he needs this year compared to the years before. And on top of it, I think he's sometimes I can tell just just a little bit relaxed in terms of his uh, play and that's why we go on the left side so much more because Martinelli is just so much more lively um, so I just I think if we get someone there to kind of be pushing Saka it'll get him back to where like that top top quality we're, which we're used to seeing yeah I agree I mean if we're if we're worried about sixes or sevens out of ten for Saka being you know him not playing really well I think that's um, that's the least of our problems, but yeah. I agree with you. You know, bringing someone in to kind of push that level would would be really really helpful. And um, yeah, I, I hope we do go in for for a wide player who who will bring in. I don't think we need more than like ten goals, ten assists for the whole season. Like we're not talking about you know somebody of of a Gabby Jesus where we're asking you to contribute twenty five goals. Just be depth, be part of the team be a level raiser those will be out there i think it's going to be a deadline deal a deadline day type thing um maybe like a parte type deal where we activate a release clause um something like that so um i think it's i think it's exciting that um a name a concrete name hasn't come out yet um i i, I kind of love that in today's transfer market where Fabrizio Romano doesn't have any info like it's just very unheard of for that to be the case and so um, it makes me excited as we kind of go towards deadline day but I'm I'm like you I, I think I think we're fine given where we're at in the season um, and I think it's interesting that we'll also have to break in November for the World Cup and then we come back and the January transfer window might be open so there's a lot of different variables in this season that the club is already obviously thinking about. So, um, yeah, a lot of different things to think about this season, but I think we're, we're on the right track. And um, like I said at the start, top of the league, couldn't be happier. Yeah, and my last point I want to get your thoughts on is, is what you just brought up, the World Cup. And it's like back in my mind, I'm kind of rolling my eyes thinking like we we'll finally have this crazy start and everything's looking fresh and like, we might be in an amazing run and it gets fucking cut short by this goddamn break. Now you can say every team has to go through it and you're spot on, but the team that is potentially might be in November going into November. Imagine us being first and being absolutely scorching. And I can guarantee you that that's what ends a hot streak is, is a fucking one month break into everything. And not just a month break for the players, a month break for the managers, the coaches to keep watching film, figure out ways to stop us. It's just, it, it absolutely will kill our momentum. That is a fact. It'll kill everyone's momentum one way or another. The teams that are in a bad momentum, it'll help them. And unfortunately for the teams that are in great momentum, it'll hurt them. 
Um, and that's a reality. The question will be after that, which is annoying is, you know, can we come back and replicate it? And that's where kind of, um, I have some potential nightmares of us coming back and just things not flowing, two players out injured from World Cup, shit like that. And, and I don't know. Um, I don't want to be pessimistic about it, but it's just, it's just hilarious that the year, finally the year where we're really clicking, everything seems right for the first time in a very long time is this abnormal ass season where there's going to be a month and a half break, you know, two months into the season where we might potentially be first going into that break. And I would be happy about it, but I'm also would be annoyed at that, that that's that the reason our, if we are again, it might, we might not be, and we might, our hot streak might end before that. But man, if, our, if we go into that with the hot streak, it'll suck for our hot streak to come to an and because of a break and not because of like an opponent or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I'll flip, I'll flip, I'll flip that on its head a little bit. If, you know, if we are on a hot streak, I don't know, I'll throw out an arbitrary number, like 30 points or so. The mindset has to be, and obviously the mindset will be different in the locker room. It'll be okay. We're on a title push, so on and so forth. But in the back of in the back of your mind it has to be all right last year we had 68 or 69 points we're 45 percent of the way there this season we've already we've already bagged 30 points okay we need 40 more from 60 percent of the season left that's got to kind of be the mindset because i don't i know for a fact we're not at the level of a city where this season we really should be challenging for a title. It should be top four or nothing this season. We're already nine points better than last season, if you really think about it. So that has to kind of be the mindset if we're on this, you know, if we're on this run going into the World Cup, and then we just have to pray to the injury gods that something crazy doesn't happen at the World Cup because I could, I could foresee that happening. Uh, but we cross the, we cross that bridge when it happens. Um, I loved the end of the game uh, interview with Mikel where he was just like, uh, the question was like, okay, you know, what do you have to do? Are you looking three, four, five games ahead? He's like, no, you know, we're going back to training on Monday and we're going to work on uh, what we need to do for Fulham. That has to be the mission for uh, every week leading up into the World Cup and beyond. And I love that that's the mindset this season. And I think uh, I think the manager's thinking like that and I think the players are thinking like that as well. Yeah. No, you're spot on. I I think we have the right manager in place, the the players of quality. Um, we have the right front office, and the ownership has made some massive changes to kind of build that top to bottom. Um, I can't say I can't say enough about um, just how well we've done it, and the manner that we've gone about in in constructing this. And it's just for once again, you know, beating a dead horse, but it's. It's not a matter of our opinions in terms of what we think of the team. They're just legit. They have mm-hmm. quality with it. We know the weaknesses, and I think the fans are totally aligned for once of of those weaknesses, and that's why they're they're so supporting the team so well, and the team is feeding off of that because they're like, we get it. You're young. You're going to make fuck-ups, but we also know that you're quality, and, and the f- players feel that. Um, yeah, man, and I think we should take it week by week as well. Uh <laughs> and you know see how these go um yeah man we're on a good we're on a good run now and like arteta said let's just focus on fulham and take it from there i agree i agree well any last thoughts 
think we're good, man. Let's uh, connect next week for Fulham. We're nine points. We are top of the league. The only team remaining in the Premier League with a perfect record. Um, did not expect to be saying these things going into this season. We were expecting only top four. We were just on a great path. And yeah, man, that, that's my send off. What do you got? Long may it continue. Let's do it, baby.